Hello, my name is Carson. I am a Star Wars-aholic. It has been <laughs> 48 hours since my last Disney Plus screening, much to my dismay and much to my trying to have given this up. It is not my fault. My co-host here, Paulo, I watched, I watched 10 minutes of Andor. I said, I watched it, I turned it on, and I turned it off, and I said, nope, this is it. This is where, this is where it stops. I don't need to watch the show. I don't care about it. And yet here we are. I have just watched all 12 episodes of Andor. It's all back. Paulo, why are we talking about Andor today? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm really pleased and honored to be your enabler, especially <laughs> on this one. <laughs> because, um, well, I mean, I, I forced this out of you because uh, I think it's Andor was really, really good. <laughs> and um, I mean, that's that's the short of it. Like... I just wanted to. I, I also feel like this is a bit of a, uh, support for my love for of Rogue One, um, and I really wanted to hit you with that as well during the recording. Um, so those are the, those are the main reasons. Um, I but like, in all seriousness, I thought this was probably the best chance um, for you to not complain as much about a Star Wars show. Um, and I was yeah really curious as to um, what you thought about uh, probably the best um, Star Wars content that's been released since the prequels. <laughs> well, I'd say Mandalorian season one was pretty good. I Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't mean to overlook the Mandalorian at all. I, I kind of don't count it just because it's like, it's also good. Um, and, uh, but I, I've, I do feel like Andor is better. Different reasons. For different reasons I, I didn't hate andor i didn't love andor it's probably a bad enabling because it will <laughs> likely be just good enough for me to watch the next star wars disney plus show but not good enough for me to genuinely enjoy it um <laughs> so i i have thing i because we didn't talk about kenobi we didn't talk about mandalorian season two or book of boba fett i'm probably gonna launch into random complaints about those shows just because we're talking about this um, I did enjoy Andor more than those, but there's there's certain Disney hallmarks that kind of hold it back and prevent it from being um, that good. I, I would say in general, the thing that annoys me the most about Andor is I didn't hate it, and that seems to be what counts as good enough these days. It's like my expectation for a Star Wars show is it for it to be bad, and if it's not, it's like, oh, that's pretty good. I feel like this is a very specific Carson thing, though. <laughs> um, I mean, granted, if you go on, on Reddit and, like, look at the Andor subreddit and everyone's calling it, like, Quentin Tarantino-esque, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go <laughs> that far. But um, I don't know, man. It was – I loved it. Like, the whole – like, from beginning to end. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it was just good enough. I, it, we'll, we'll get into this, though. I'll let you have your, I'll let you uh, nitpick first, and then <laughs> I don't know. I'll uh, I'll I'll react to your to your negativity. <laughs> so I, I do want to like chunk out the season into different sections because one thing that I actually did enjoy about it is that it had these kind of like these three episodes were about one thing, these three episodes were about like a different thing, and there's like you know it's almost like sub shows within the season. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I liked some of those more than others. Um, but before I get into that, I kind of wanted to just talk about like in general Disney Plus. Um, Mandalorian season one, I, I genuinely enjoyed as a, just a TV show on its own. It reminded me of the old like 1960s Sergio Leone movies, which is certainly like an inspiration to it. It was just like, here's a character, here's supporting characters you don't know about. And it's just a good story on its own. Everything that I hated about the shows that came after that Mandalorian season two, um, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Kenobi is it's really just like, oh, people are paying attention to Star Wars again. Now we have to cram in every reference and every character and everything you know about. (laughs) And they got away from, here's just a decent, not even a good, just a decent story that's about some people doing a thing in the Star Wars universe. What I liked about Andor is that it was closer to Mandalorian season one, where it's like, yes, we we did know the Andor character, but other than that, we don't know, I think, well, I guess Mon Mothma, but you don't really know many of the characters, and it kind of just allows it to breathe and saying, here's a here's an adventure that these characters are going to go on, you're going to meet some people, you're going to do a thing. This could have been a non-Star Wars show, and it would have been just as good, like it can, it can stand on its own. Um again some like disney things that annoyed me with some of like the sub uh shows that were underneath it but in general i would say what i liked about it is it it was just focused on the characters doing the thing that they were doing and there were few if any um cameos or like characters shoved in (laughs) i was fully expecting at any point like vader to show up or the emperor to show up and it never happened and i was very delighted that i didn't have to deal with any of that (laughs) yeah yeah, well, there was like absolutely none, actually. There was like unless you count Melshi, who he meets in the prison. Um, spoilers, by the way, <laughs> um, who's like a really small side character in Rogue One. I don't know if you remember particularly. I, you probably don't. I was wondering if there were like more of that throughout the series because they kept like throwing out these names of characters, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if this was like some person who was in half a half a screen of. A new hope or something like that yeah <laughs> um and they they probably could have been and i didn't care like it didn't uh, there were certain parts of rogue one where like even if you didn't know who the characters were like um for example c3po and r2d2 show up for half a screen and it's like just completely distracts from what's going on in the story just to give a cameo and it's like okay if there were cameos and characters in these ones i didn't know and it didn't distract from the story so fine good enough yeah. cameo for me yeah exactly but for well Okay, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave C3PO and R2D2 alone because I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too far off topic. But um, yeah, like Andor, definitely one of the main things that I've been like praising it for is that, like, literally, if they didn't say things like Empire or uh, Palpatine, like the Emperor or whatever, um, Stormtroopers, like it literally, it couldn't pass as un like not Star Wars show, and it's just as good. Um, and like the the tiniest little cameos, like I mentioned, Melshi was probably like literally the only character that's in any other Star Wars thing, aside from Andor. Um, well, there's also Saw Gerrera. But oh, again, yeah, that yeah. kind of it, it wasn't needed, but it wasn't distracting. Like it fit in enough of the story. Yeah, but see, the the thing about like so those two characters in particular, Saw Gerrera, Melshi, um, um, they I feel like they it does they do it. Or they're chosen and it still makes sense. Like they're in the show and it, like it makes sense in the context of what's happening. Like it, it's not a cameo just for the sake of a cameo. Um, and I think the only other thing, well, 
like probably Boba Fett book of Boba Fett did that maybe one time um, in the whole series. Um, whereas like it worked really well in Andor, like Son Carrera is like cool, I guess he's not anything special, but it's interesting to see just that, you know, who he is from like previous stuff. Um, it just adds a bit like, it's just, it's like an extra cool thing. Like it's not the focus of the cameo just for him to be there. Yeah, it, it was toned down enough. Um, it was a bit distracting that Sagarera like i think forrest whitaker has changed so much since he did the rogue one role even though that was only like six years ago it felt like it was almost a different character or he was like at a certain point i almost thought is this forrest whitaker or did they get someone who's just acting like forrest whitaker um i didn't check but i'm pretty sure it was actually him but it kind of felt quite different um i actually don't know who like who's melshi who was he in rogue one so i sorry and i don't like i keep saying his name just because i remember it but i it's he's really like the the smallest part of in Rogue One. He's one of the like when they attack the Scarif base, um, like one of the the soldiers that go with them initially. Um, he's like the leader of the like the the grunts, basically like the rebel grunts. Um, and I'm assuming he he's the one who escaped from the prison with him. He's the one who escaped from the prison with Andor. Um, and I actually thought there would be like a like a few more people from the prison that would be like recognizable um, from from Rogue One, but I think it's just him because like the one like one guy in particular he was like one of the black guys, um, but he got shot like immediately during the prison break. So I was like, oh, I guess it's not who I thought it was. I like that idea where it's not just like here is because. What I don't like about prequels sometimes is, you know, you have all the characters that they know in Rogue One and it's almost like everything that those characters were is wrapped up by a nice, neat little story like this. Like, it's it's almost more interesting if you're like, okay, here's one character and here's how he met that person. Here's a second character. And then yeah. in Rogue One, it's like, okay, you have these seven, eight people that you know from all these different adventures. Um, I think that was one of people's like biggest complaints about how they wrapped up Revenge of the Sith of like every character goes to where they are at the beginning of a new hope. And it's just like, Oh, they're going to yeah. stay there for 17 years. Um, <laughs> so I, I do like that. There's a little bit of, of room for them to breathe. And I know they're doing a second season of this, but it almost like, I, I hope they, I wish they didn't do a second season because it was a, a decent job of doing a prequel where, you know, where the characters are going to end up. And now if you do a second season, they're even closer to where they are, where they're going to end up at the beginning of Rogue One. And it's like, you don't have a lot of room to breathe. Because, for example, the last episode, yeah. there's this big suspense around like, oh, are they going to catch Andor? Are they going to kill him? And it's like, well, <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I have an issue with that as well, but more so about the timeline. Like, I don't, I, I would love for them to do this for several episodes, like, um, the only issue that I have with that is that um, I feel like the the post credit scene um, at the end of the season finale, it it kind of it ruins that and it really limits what like what they can do, which is unfortunate because like because this is probably this is the one of the best streaming shows for, uh, like one of the best Star Wars streaming shows aside from Mandalorian and like they've really limited it because so spo again spoiler alert. But the the post credit scene at the end of the season finale is basically it show it reveals that what they were working on uh, in the prison um, were like parts for the Death Star, and the Death Star is pretty much just like it's about it's on the 
the it's it's about to be completed really like it's it's just they're putting the finishing touches on it or at least that's what it looks like and if you're thinking about the time between andor and rogue one <clears throat> so essentially when the show is going to have to end um like they're just discovering about the death star because of um i don't know the the pilot whatever whatever happens um but they're they're just discovering about the death star in rogue one Whereas here at the end of the first season of Andor, it's it's like about to be completed already. So like I don't know how far you can stretch that because I would really like to see um, like more of the same, like th- to see this story develop. Um, but like I said, they 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 put a pretty hard cap on it. I feel like with that with that post credit scene. I, um, I was curious as to why that post credit scene was there because I was watching and I was like, it it had this sense of uh suspense to it of like oh no they're gonna be building a space station what's gonna happen like well <laughs> like well you're, you're not yeah. leading to anything you're not like teasing anything like we know exactly that's happening so it's like again I, I, again shouldn't bother me but it's like why why is that there what are you trying to what, what emotion are you trying to draw out of me here i know what that is is <laughs> the emotion that they're trying to draw out of you um but yeah that that is that's probably the biggest issue that I have with the whole series, which is like, I mean, it's fine. It's more of a production thing than a story thing. Like the story itself and everything, like I was sincerely surprised as to how they made probably the most like bland character from Rogue One into like someone that I was actually, that I cared about and was invested in. But I think that's, almost why they're able to do things because if you make a a story about luke skywalker after return of the jedi or you do these famous characters like those characters are already fleshed out there's not much you can do with it like if you want to make an interesting story you have to give us a character that we don't really know much about and you have room to create a story so i also did not care about cassian andor after rogue one mainly because i didn't like rogue one or much of the stuff that was in there (laughs) um but i yeah, in looking back on it, it's like, okay, I I hope they do more stories with characters I don't know about that are from, like, different time periods because maybe they can have a little bit more room to breathe and actually build stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I mean... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, I was just going to say, like, to add, like, to tack on to that, like, it's not, not so much that his story wasn't fleshed out because, yes, it, clearly it wasn't during Rogue One, but it's more so just, like, Cassian Andor especially in Rogue One and even a little bit through through the Andor series at least in the beginning he's kind of just guy right like it's sure there's you 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 have like uh the his his backstory and whatever um explored a little bit which there actually wasn't a little gripe about that one as well later but it's it's he's just there's nothing too like special about him um but I mean again it didn't matter in the end for me at least. All right. So I wanted to go through each of the kind of what I would consider three sub seasons that are in neat the show, um, which is first three episodes that take place on Ferex, the next three episodes that are on Aldani. And then the three episodes that are on Narkina five, which is like the prison planet. Um, some of these I liked more than others. The The first three are take place on a planet called Ferex, where it's... I don't know how you describe it. It looks like similar to Tatooine, where it's like an outer rim planet, not like a desert or anything, but 
it's it's like where um wait sorry question when uh when Sagarera shows up is he on the same no he's not on the same planet he's on some he's other not planet. on Ferex. yeah because the planet where um they go to find Sagarera in Rogue One Ferex looks like that yeah yeah I don't even I don't remember the name <laughs> I, I only remember the name. Well, I don't know if you're talking about the Sagarera planet, but I'm only remember because I'm yeah. looking up the episode names right now. Um, no, no, I'm talking about the Sagarera planet. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm half sure that it's a different planet, but to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. He, here's another little gripe about this thing: is this show was made cheap, and you can tell. Um, this is not something that bothered me because it's it's kind of one of those things that feels funny in the context of it being a Star Wars show. But like, for example very few aliens they're almost all human characters all the yeah. planets kind of look the same because they're probably shot in the same location to save money and so it's one of these things of like in the context of what you can do in the star wars universe it's like that's very coincidental that all these planets look the same and all the characters are humans um but i don't mind it's, those things it's kind of funny i guess like the like disney executives and the writers don't really listen to what people are saying about the shows <laughs> like the the one thing that people have been asking for, I mean, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people have been asking for is like, do something a little different. Like, doesn't all have to be laser swords and uh, X wing and stuff <laughs> like that. So, and they finally do it, and they make it like the least, like the the smallest budget show that they've they've released. Um, and it again, it still turns out to be the best one. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And but in in a little in a weird kind of way, I feel like it 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 worked because of like the the context of the show like it's 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 kind of like gritty and grounded like it's fine there's that it doesn't look like there's no flash or anything really but it it works with the like kind of the the theme or the the focus on the like the rebellion so i mean yeah that's fine <laughs> um so for this first Subseason on Ferex, um, we get introduced to Cassian Andor, and within the first 10 minutes of the show, he shoots two people in cold blood, um, which I found as both entertaining and kind of bold by <laughs> Disney to just have your main character go around murdering people all the time. Um, he does this multiple times, too. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I thought that that was going to be kind of a shocking moment where it's like, oh, he did that. Because, like, he faces the repercussions <laughs> of that in a couple episodes after. It's like, oh, you kill somebody and now, like, you're attracting the attention of all these people and people are after you. Uh, but it's like, no, Disney really didn't weigh in on, like, that was a bold thing. They were just, they kind of just kept killing people all the time. <laughs> um, you, co well, not coincidentally, you don't really see anyone die. You see someone shoot a, or point a gun at them, a sound happens, and then they fall over. Which I yeah. thought was kind of, or it's I like blocked by something, like something's in the way, so you can't see them actually like point a gun in a guy's face and like blaster him in the head. Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, because these these shows are for children, <laughs> and like they're kind of just showing, like there's, they're not really at any point saying that it's bad. They're just kind of letting their characters go around kill people, and I get that they're rebelling, and this is a little bit more adult focused, but it's like I feel like this one was for for man children, not quite children. Sure, but children. Are <laughs> I, I, watch I, it. I'm not. I'm not going full adult. I'm just saying man child. <laughs> um, 
but in general i didn't care about much the first three episodes like we got a little bit of introduction to mon mothma we got the isb which is like the empire security bureau or mm-hmm. whatever um i like generally the setup but i didn't really care about any of these characters the main kind of villain guy for the first three episodes guy named cyril um he seemed like he was part of the reason why i turned it off after 10 minutes the first time because we get introduced, <laughs> introduced to him and he's like i'm i'm mr serious i'm gonna go get the bad guys and i was like okay this guy's boring um <laughs> at the end of the third episode he gets like defeated and like the the last shot of the show is them having a, a shot of his face where he's like oh my god i screwed up i did all these wrong things i like you know borrowed like did like subverted what my protocol was and i was yeah. like oh shit they're gonna have an actual arc for this guy uh, he doesn't have any character development for the rest of the season, which was, yeah. in my opinion, a really big missed opportunity. Because um, I really thought that he was going to develop in some way or us learn about him, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really. It kind of just straight shifts to to Dedra, who's the ISB, like Empire Intelligence lady, um, who is granted a, a more interesting character. Um and she's actually kind of fun to follow. Um, and then Cyril just uh, like wanders around as, a, as an incel for the rest of the show. <laughs> I, I am glad that they made the ISB like like actual humans. Um, because mm-hmm. I think the tendency that, uh, especially if we talk about Kenobi, the villains are just like so over the top of like, oh, we're the Empire. We are evil. We are bad in every way. And it's like, these just seemed like, people that were in charge of security for their large empire and they were doing their jobs and they were like, they weren't overly evil and I appreciate they just that. work in an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the main guy who was in charge of the ISB, I forget his name, but he's like the older guy. Um, I appreciated his performance cause he, he felt believable. Yeah. Um, they of course had like the one other, uh, I don't know what you call him, Lieutenant or captain of the ISB who was like kind of evil, like over the top angry for no reason um but other than that i did appreciate the isb as a whole yeah um the first uh the first three episodes actually going back to that the one big um or i mean one minor complaint i guess that i had is um and i don't know if they're going to revisit this in the uh in the next season but uh the whole thing starts off because andor is looking for his sister like his long lost sister and he brings it up in the first episode, and it's never mentioned again, like not even in passing. Like the whole thing starts off, like his whole story starts off because he's looking for his sister. And like it's that's it after the first episode. It just becomes him like on the run because he murdered these two guys, which is fine. Like I, I liked the the story and it, it there were some interesting flashbacks about him growing up. Um, I'm assuming with one of those, like, I'm assuming one of those kids was his sister. I'm not sure which one, um, because it's never made quite clear. And also, I don't think there were subtitles for those scenes, like those flashback scenes, and they're speaking in a different language. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you had the same experience. Yeah. Um, So I guess they purposely made that a secret as to what they were saying. Um, But yeah, like after the first maybe two episodes, there are no more flashbacks, no more sister. It's literally just like and or on the run um which was strange i guess like a kind of a strange choice but i i suppose it'll come back later the um the other thing i caught in an interview with one of the writers uh so you know how he calls himself clem 
in like one part yeah. of the show. Apparently, Clem is the name of the like his adoptive dad who saved him from the planet. Yeah, which I never caught at any point while I, was, maybe I wasn't <laughs> paying attention, but I was like, oh, there's a reason for these things, and it just yeah, it felt like some things were glossed over that they were trying to set up. And maybe uh, as you were saying, like that's on purpose because they want to set that up for season two. But it's like, I don't know, you could have connected some of these things a bit more. <laughs> well, that one, that one was com- kind of wrapped up completely in the first uh, six episodes, I think. Like there, there were flashbacks as well about his, him and his adopted, adoptive father, um, Clem. And show it kind of shows how like, um, I don't know how the relationship was and then uh, how he how he died or like because he got killed by stormtroopers because of some stupid empire thing. Um, so that one, I think you just <laughs> I remember his adoptive for. dad and him like the flashbacks to him dying. I just don't remember his name being Clem. So if that was oh, something okay. I was supposed to be catching, I didn't catch. Yeah, it's very it's very briefly mentioned like they, they call him that maybe once or twice. Actually, I think maybe even in the first flashback when they first find Andor on that like planet with all the Lord of the Flies kids, mm. um, she just like the, his mother or adopted mother calls him Clem really quick, quickly, like Clem, we gotta go, and that's it. It's entirely possible uh, I was not paying attention very well. So <laughs> I'm not gonna blame that it, one on Disney. It was also the the first few episodes that you were like planning not to continue, <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair, I guess. Um, but yeah, and that's another thing, like that reminds me of another thing about the whole show in general, but like it doesn't really spell things out, um, uh, which is crazy different, I feel like, from from any of the other Star Wars uh, shows. I mean, it still has its moments, obviously, but um, I'm thinking, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but there's a, a scene at the very end um, where Mon Mothma is talking to her husband because she's having like money trouble or like her her... She it, like it, she uh, it's something like if she gets audited by the Empire, they're going to find out she's like supporting the rebels or something. So she starts like she knows her driver is spying on her. So she stages this whole conversation with her husband about like, oh, you're gambling again, blah, blah, blah. She's pretending to, pretending to be mad to like kind of take the heat off her. Um, and it's not like it's never really called out specifically that that's what she's doing. But you kind of just have to figure it out, um, which I mean is interesting. And I feel like different for what disney normally does uh whereas like normally they would just be like uh she would have a scene after that conversation like okay i did it um <laughs> they're not on to me anymore they think he's gambling and something like that but um yeah they, it, the the whole show that uh is is littered with that which is which is pretty cool i think yeah no i did i noticed that scene as well and i actually did appreciate that um Second subseason of the series is them going to a planet named Aldani. Um, this was a this subseason is what kind of annoyed me the most. Um, really? Because it's lazy writing that has missed <laughs> opportunities. So Andor escapes this first planet. He's been taken by Stellan Skarsgård to this other planet where he says, "Here's your group of people that you're meeting with, and you're going to plan a big heist with the Empire." Um, a pet peeve of mine, whether it's right of me to have this pet peeve or not, is <laughs> when action scenes are going on, I want to understand the logistics of what's happening. And that's... Maybe that's hard to do when there's a lot of things happening and, and whatnot and stuff going on. But when you have 
two full episodes to set up what a heist is going to happen. And then still <laughs> during the heist, I have no idea what's happening or what the consequences are, or what the plan is. That annoys me because it's a huge missed opportunity. For example, um, they're split off into separate groups. There's like the female leader who's at a certain point who has like a go, no go decision, it seems. And then she seems to have a moment of like, are we going to go ahead? Like, you know, she's delaying or something. I should understand what the stakes of that situation are, because if, you know, what is the thing that she's about to do? Is that part of the plan that will screw up the other people if she doesn't go? Will they be safe and they'll simply call it off? (laughs) It's like when you've spent two full episodes of them, like walking through things, you could have just had a moment and explained that, you know, hey, she's going to practice this thing because this is the important thing that triggers off the mission. But instead, you have no idea what's going on. And it's completely uh, driven by, you know, the zoom in and the suspenseful music of like, oh, no, what's going on? It's like, I don't know what's going on. You need to explain to me what's going on. Um, And so that heist annoyed me less so because like if it was just an episode where it's like they went straight into the heist, I would have understood that it's like, okay, you can't always like set up the, the content like that. But like. Mm-hmm. they again they spent two full episodes they, they built and when, it up <laughs> when you think about what they talked about in those two episodes of the logistics none of it actually mattered like they talked about like getting a train on the tracks or something they talked about like them marching up to the doors none of that was at all useful information <laughs> to know going into the heist they could have simply just like put different information that could have made it a lot better yeah I mean, I'll I'll actually agree with you a little bit on that one. Like the the two episodes that they spent building up the heist, which is like you're, it's kind of essentially hyping it up um, for the viewer. But um, yeah, it, it didn't really make like they they were hinting at things like oh they're going to be in costume, like they have to they have to practice pretending to be a stormtrooper. Like this is how a stormtrooper acts, like you or whatever, like a, an Empire soldier, whatever. Um, so you have to you have to act like this. You have to kind of give off this vibe, and then but like the the different pieces of the plan. There's never really that that moment where in other heist things like it just they they run through the plan clearly. Like oh, this is what we're gonna do. Um, and I mean, it's I think it's it's fine because I feel like the 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 focus of that part was kind of him kind of having to work with other people and is more about like the tension between the group, which, which is fine. But like, if, if there's not a lot of either thing, then it's kind of just like build up with no, I mean, with a okay payoff at the but end. I, I completely agree that like the focus of those episodes is how he's connecting and like communicating with those other people, but you can absolutely do both. And like, there's yeah, good examples yeah. of this, like seven samurai, I I spoke about this on the podcast before, like they have a big action scene at the end and they walk around the camp and they explain everything. So it's like, you understand the tension of what's going on. Um, But like them walking around the camp, it's, it's about the conversation that they have. Um, There's movie Ronin. Um, I forget the main actor's name, super famous guy, uh, Robert De Niro. Um, Robert De Niro action movie. And like, there's a part where he's talking about like other people with the plan and you can kind of understand like the dynamic between the two and they're having conversations that don't have to do with the logistics, but by having the actual conversation be about the logistics, it also helps you. So I I felt like they could have done both. Like you could have had the connection and the relationship with them and Mm -hmm. help me understand the mission as opposed to just 
completely relying on someone making a face and having music to say, oh, you're supposed to feel this way. It's like, don't tell me what I'm supposed to feel. Make me feel something. <laughs> I mean, I like near the end of the latter half of the of the uh, the heist, like I think the, the first little bit about when they're executing the plan, fine, it's not really explained and you're kind of just along for the ride. I'm okay with that mostly because like, I, I feel like the you get the the general idea like we we're on the clock we have to get out of here because we're using a meteor shower or whatever to to escape and like this is this is going to be the cool part um and then the I, I think they're demonstrating a few other things in the middle of the heist like okay we're we're um we're doing bad things which like to to fight a bad empire which is another theme throughout the uh throughout the series like them taking the 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 imperial officers family hostage and like maybe murdering them too <laughs> um and stuff like that and just like i don't know killing prisoners whatever um i i think just that leading up to the final like escape or getaway is is kind of more of the i don't know what what you're supposed to be interested in but i mean it's it's fair like it's a fair complaint um i i still enjoyed it quite a bit though it also did demonstrate like like the even the the aftermath where the uh like that scholar kid who was writing his manifesto or something like him kind of setting andor down a path of like caring about things and um and also him murdering that other guy who was like an ex-con <laughs> um just like continuing to develop his his journey i guess i, I, I did know. appreciate it's... that they killed the characters off because it added a little bit of a weight to his journey that it's like yeah in rogue one when you meet him he's like a very cynical person i think he even like murders someone in cold blood in the beginning of uh, rogue one as well rogue one and yeah. so it's like you kind of understand where he's coming from because all these people that he known has been killed or like were lying to him and so, like, you kind of see where that cynicism is coming from. So I did appreciate the fact that those people died. Um, mm -hmm. The one ex-stormtrooper that was part of their group, he kind of just, like, dies off camera. Or, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe you should have a little bit more weight to that death. But um, I didn't mind that part. I just thought that the heist itself was rather boring mm -hmm. and could have been executed a little bit more. Yeah. I also thought it was very convenient in the middle of the heist where the, like, the higher-up... Uh, uh, imperial guy has like a heart attack um while they're in the middle of a standoff like with the with the guards and everything that was kind of random to me but hey I, i'm still i'm still on board i don't care yeah i that wasn't the part <laughs> i didn't like about it i'm okay with that yeah um the third sub season is the part that was my favorite which was the prison scene um so basically Andor escapes and then for some reason gets arrested again, um, sent off to some prison planet. Um, this I, for a while, and I actually wrote read into this a little bit. Like I thought there was probably some non star Wars TV show that was written. Somebody wrote a sci-fi TV series that was about like, you know, 10 episodes of being on a prison planet like this, that they just kind of stole and said, okay, we're just going to throw this in here. Cause it actually felt like an original idea that was created for something and then they you know leverage because it felt completely non-star wars non like andor completely different setting um mm -hmm. so i really like that um 
from what I read into it, that wasn't the case is that they simply wanted to have like a few prison scene uh, prison episodes as part of it. And then they tried to go for as different as possible. Um, I don't want to give too much credit to the writer because apparently the guy who wrote those episodes was the showrunner of house of cards who apparently knew what Kevin Spacey was doing behind the scenes and just ignored it and kind of let him get away with it. What? Um, So apparently not a very good guy, um, but is now writing for Disney and, you know, I'm sure he's a good writer and not a good person. Um, Oh my God. That's like, that's like me reading Kanye's tweets now. That's the... (laughs) That's the impact that you've just had on me. It's terrible. It should be worth noting that I probably spent all of about two or three minutes researching this, but I kind of just like, <laughs> I wanted to know who the writer was because I wanted to know if he was yeah. completely different and never did like, like was only doing sci-fi stuff and maybe he just had this stolen from him. But like, I, I guess he was even on like real life political campaigns to do speech writing. And then he did house of cards and a bunch of other political stuff. And this is like the first sci-fi thing he's ever done. Or maybe there was like one mm-hmm. other show he was doing. So I, I guess it wasn't stolen. He probably write those, wrote this specifically for the show. Um, mm-hmm. But that aside, I did like the premise. I liked the idea. It was like a, you know, the idea of having a prison where the floor is electrocuted and, you know, there's no guards with guns and anything like that. Um, I quite enjoyed. And um, what's his face? I'm going to forget his name here. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Um, yeah. <laughs> did a really good job in the role. And it was yeah. funny that he didn't get off. And I'm, it's probably for the best that he did not get off the planet because <laughs> he's too famous and he'd have to sh- pop up somewhere else. Until he returns in like Book of Boba Fett season three as like a, a prison owner. Somebody's going to have, you know, this is going to generate some type of fan fiction around how he <laughs> doesn't get off and gets, uh, because he's the voice of Snoke. And so they're going to write some way that it's like, oh, this character actually like gets like bitten by this radioactive animal (laughs) and he gets all twisted and with the force. (laughs) He gets bitten by a midichlorian spider. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even make that connection. But uh, yeah, the uh, the prison uh, sequence or saga, I think, is, is probably the, one of the highest point of the show. It was it was really well written, um, and um, I think I, I don't know. I might make you or like some real Star Wars fans mad with this, but I feel like this is probably of of any series, like any of any of the new series, Star Wars ones, um, like this show and the prison sequence in particular i feel like for me at least added the most to or it was the only thing of any of these new shows to add to like the original trilogy or even yeah to to add to the original trilogy in terms of like the the reach and the influence of the empire and like exactly why it was so important that there was a rebellion right because like when you watch the when you watch the original trilogy it's it's just kind of made clear empire's bad rebels mm. good right like it's never they never really demonstrate aside i guess from blowing up a planet <laughs> um that why the empire is bad but like certain things about like just the how they're um sentencing like over sentencing people for misdemeanors to like f- lifetimes in prison to, for slave labor 
um, and like the electrocuted floor and like the whole thing about how um, I don't know, just the kind of the hopelessness and the 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 mistreatment, I guess. Just I really felt that for some reason more so than certain other things where they've tried to make clear like the empire is bad. Um, like the prison sequence kind of made it a little more real for me, I guess. And like I and that plus the rest of the show, like with the emphasis on the rebellion with like what Mon Mothma had to deal with and um, what's his name? Stellan Skarsgård. Um, Luthen, uh, something. Luthen, yeah, like all this, all, like all these other things, like even including his, like how he had to talk about his speech, like why he does what he does, at the end of uh, one of those later episodes, like yeah, it really just kind of, it really added to the like the struggle of the rebellion throughout all of Star Wars, which is weird because like going that far back, like this, making that mean something a little more to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like it, I think that especially that prison sequence was was like part of why I felt that way, and yeah, why I, I like the show so much. I agree, and it's maybe less about the prison sentence or prison scenes, and more about the the Coruscant side in general is what got me in the Luthen, um, mm. because they go into a little bit of that in Star Wars Rebels and in Bad Batch of like, okay, these other planets that the Empire is taking over and they're being bad, and you have to rebel from. Um, but it is a little bit you know similar to a new hope where it's like these are the bad guys and they're doing the bad thing whereas (laughs) the the coruscant that they presented and the isb that they presented it it kind of felt like somebody could just be a regular person and be part of the empire that it's like okay you are doing this for security reasons and you're trying to just like like there is it's believable that somebody could be part of the empire and believe that they are doing the right thing Whereas, like, mm-hmm. anyone who was part of the Empire in, like, A New Hope, it's like, you know you're the bad guys. Um, <laughs> they don't even have faces. They're all just blank stormtroopers, and they're all bad. Yeah, so I, I thought that this was their best attempt at creating kind of, like, a realistic, non-cartoonish enemy. And so when you yeah. have them doing the thing, like the prison sentences that were hyped up because of the the new act that came in, which... I think was trying to parallel the Patriot Act with, you know, US and all that. Um, you know, prison like unearned prison sentences that certainly mirrors like Guantanamo Bay and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, these things are connecting to real world things where I kind of understand where they're going with this and it's not just like way, way over the top. Yeah. That uh, actually that reminds me um of, I read this somewhere and I don't know how true it is, but the internet wouldn't lie to me. Um where I think it was, I think it was George Lucas or whoever originally wrote the, the like the Star Wars trilogy had based like the Empire and the Rebellion on the U.S. and Vietnam, um, or something along those lines. Like clearly the the the, the, the rebels were kind of the stand-in for um, the Viet NBA, Cong. Viet Cong, um, which is now that you're bringing up like. Uh, Patriot Act and Guantanamo Bay, like the the parallels there, I, I just reminded me. I don't know how true it is. Again, I'll probably look into it a little bit more. <laughs> but uh... it is a bit of like dangerous ground that I feel like they're they're treading on because for an organization that is you know kind of based out of the U.S., like the heroes are <laughs> kind of terrorists, 
And you're kind of <laughs> saying like terrorists that are justified. And it's like, okay, when you have an enemy that's as cartoonish as the empire, you can get away with that. But it's like, how, how far can you tread that line before it kind of sounds like you're saying the wrong thing? Eh, I mean, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about. I don't think they're gonna get that nuanced in the la- later episode, uh, later seasons of Andor. <clears throat> uh, I was. It kind of reminded me of like what we were talking about with Dune, because in the Dune sequels, oh, yeah. <laughs> they start getting into some political territory where it's like, eh, you can't do that just like the book because it was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably why they also like in um, the Aldani uh, episodes, they had like their their blasters looked like just straight up AKs, which is like that. the no, there was like a huge well, it, a lot of, a lot of it on Reddit, I think, about uh, people taking stills of the 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 Aldani crew just holding their guns and they were like, oh, I what like at least make it look like something else because it literally just looked like an AK. Um, like and the I mean, rebels or kinda, the empire? No, the rebels. Like mm-hmm. the yeah, the the heist crew. Um, there's like one or two of them that looked like they were holding AKs, um, and people were complaining about that, which is like the smallest thing. Because if you think back to like Han Solo's gun and like all the other ones, they're like actual World World War Two guns, just mocked up. Anyways, I digress. But yeah, prison sequence, best one. And then there's the ending, which I just didn't care about at all. Um, the, when they it, broke out? No, no, no. So the the prison sequence is great. And then they oh, go back okay. <laughs> and there's the exciting conclusion where you're going to see whether what happens to Andor. Will he make it? Will they catch him? And of course, he's going to make it. Um, they avoided so well for the rest of the season not having some like typical Disney over-the-top speech. <laughs> and then they had to end it on like a big over-the-top speech from his mom. And that kind of, I was like, eh, I didn't care at all. Uh, but it wasn't <laughs> enough for me to hate the show. It was, it was just like, yeah, whatever. It was, yeah. I mean, the, the last few episodes, I think it, it's tough because the, 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 the prison saga ended on such, such a high um, that it's, it's tough to keep that going. Um, and like the, I, I feel like the relationship between him and his mom, so like the whole point of him coming back to see his mother um, and I guess rescue his friends, um, those like those relationships weren't really developed that well or maybe not a lot throughout the first few episodes. So it was more so just him, like more of him just trying to not get caught um, combined with a bit of like similar prison breakout like rebellion starting on this planet where there there's like no hope of them winning because there's like a battalion of stormtroopers just gonna shoot them which i mean i still i still i'm still into that like the whole like big overblown speech by his mother like inciting a riot (laughs) i was like i was cool with that um but yeah it was it was tough to follow up um to have something that had the same kind of gravity as um the the previous few episodes yeah i was still a little confused around why he was there in the first place because like he's not there to save his mom like his mom is already dead he's there for the funeral and it's like you don't need to come back like (laughs) if they had like similar to empire strikes back where they're trying to draw luke to cloud city because his friends are being tortured it's like okay they have one of his friends being like his ex-girlfriend being tortured 
Like, if you just, like, tweak these things just a little bit and kind of, like, make him have a reason to come back. Like, he kind of accidentally saves them, but that's not why he's there. Um, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I, I think they could have tightened up the the writing a little bit. Um, but it, not not enough for me to hate the show. I think going back to what I originally said, didn't hate it, didn't love it. And that seems to be what makes a good Star Wars show these days. For you, <laughs> you Grinch. <laughs> I look forward um, to season two where like every show is a new cameo for a new character that has nothing to do with Andor's <laughs> story anymore. Well, I mean, and I know you're that's like a shot at Mandalorian, right? Um, They're going to do it. Though. I, or, which? In, in Andor? Uh, oh, Andor season two. It's going to be full blown Mandalorian season two. No, no. I, I mean, the, well, first of all, I don't think the time the timelines don't line up. No, no. I just Man- mean like how they're going to approach oh, Andor season two yeah, is yeah. like it was good because they didn't have much expectations for it, and they let the writers do their thing. Yeah. But now people like Andor season one, and so they have to put all <laughs> the other characters in. No, if they have any sense, okay, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but like literally all the good feedback about Andor is that it is like this its own standalone thing. So that like all the good feedback just, about Mandalorian too. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think also uh, what's his name, Dave Filoni, who is ru- the the showrunner of uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I think he also was in. He he did some of the animated stuff. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think he did Rebels. Oh, okay. Because I think, like, part of his plan was always to include that kind of stuff. Um, he always wanted to tie it into the rest of the world, which, I mean, fine. Like, I, like I said, Mandalorian is enjoyable for different reasons. Like, it's, it's like, it's more, I don't know, what's the word? Main, main, not mainstream. Like, it's, it's like the mashed potatoes. I, I don't mind tying it in with the rest of the universe because at a certain point you have to ask yourself like why is this a Star Wars show because something like Andor I was thinking about it at one point and I'm like there's no none of my enjoyment of this is the fact that it's part of the Star Wars universe I just like that there is a show so why would I ever be excited about a Star Wars show when the Star Wars element is what I don't like about it so yeah I, I do get that you, even if you have a good show, you do need to tie it into the rest of the universe to kind of build that brand and whatnot. But the beauty of having a world like Star Wars with so many characters that people know is you can ha- you can start with a story and then you can say, who is the character that I need to bring in to help tell the story? Whereas it seems like they start with, here's the 10 characters we need to bring into the story. What story do we need to tell that it makes sense for these 10 <laughs> characters to show up? And I'd rather start with a story and then be like, oh, you want to put in Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma? Fine, because they make sense for this story. But it just mm-hmm. seems like there's too many characters that are around in this timeline for them to not cram in a bunch of people. Okay, but then when it starts becoming like when he joins the rebellion officially, I I mean, he is naturally going to be in close proximity with people like, I don't know princess leia that's probably not going to work um for obvious reasons um let me retract that one basically people that you've seen i I don't know uh wedge maybe (laughs) like people like that um that because they can show up and it'll make sense because they're all part of the rebellion right um so i feel like they can still do it that's where you have to find the balance and i feel like they can still do it as long as they don't just fully 
I, I'm okay with some. I'm okay with some characters. Yeah. What I didn't like, like for Mandalorian season two, you had um, Bo-Katan, who was another Mandalorian who has like a different mm-hmm. like creed as um, the main guy. So it's like, that makes sense. But then you have like Ahsoka Tano show up and you have Luke Skywalker show up and you have all these people where it's <laughs> like, okay, this is too much. Doesn't make sense anymore. Um, so if they, you know, keep Mon Mothma as a main character, that makes sense. She's already part of the story. She's like part of that. It's like you have enough continuing characters from season one that you can develop these characters more without bringing in, I don't know, a bunch of people that don't make sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make the bet that it will, it will be, they won't do that. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. I'm just going to like put that energy out into the world. Please don't ruin it. Please do the same thing. Please do it well for season two as well, because I really liked it. <laughs> I, I don't remember who's still around because I think Rebels and Bad Batch were a little like, I want to say like 10 years earlier and same with Kenobi because Leia's quite young at that point and I feel like Leia would mm-hmm. be almost like 18 at this point in the timeline. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know who's still alive. The people that they could shove in from the Rebels are probably like 10 years earlier, but I know in Rogue One, the ship from Rebels the captain is mentioned and you see it flying towards like the final thing. So it's like those characters are around. Which ship? Um, Cause I, I never really watched rebels or like, I, I didn't really watch any of the animated shows. So the main um, rebels is about like a group of five or six people that fly around on a ship called the ghost. Um, and the captain is captain Sendera or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> so there's two Jedis on the ship in the cartoon and there's something about one of them like going off on like a time rift at some point. I never watched the, the last season of Rebels, but I know they oh, get okay. like sucked up in time and they're not around. And I think the other Jedi dies, but like the main captain, she's around and I think she has a kid and the Jedi might be the dad. So there's like a little, <laughs> okay. yeah, I don't know. Wait, and how does this tie into Rogue One? Uh, the, the, uh, the ship shows up in Rogue One. So at the, the very ship end from rebels, the ship from rebels at the end of rogue one, where they're like, Oh, we have to send all of the rebel people to attack the sky so that they, yeah, you know, the ground yeah. one, one of the ships that you see in the corner of the screen is their ship. And when they're on the planet on the ground where there's like those pyramids and stuff, there's like someone over the intercom that says the name of the captain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had, I've never heard of this before. Is this one of the another one of the the complaints that you? Oh, I just saw it. Those references I didn't mind in Rogue One. Like the ones that I really hated in Rogue One were the R two D two and C three PO and like the butt face one, yeah. where it's like let's stop the entire <laughs> show just to get this reference in. Those ones are more like yeah. background things that kind of fit in. So I didn't I didn't hate those. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Now I'm seeing what Saw Gerrera looked like in the in the animated series, and that's. Uh, there, really? I think in, in the bad batch, it's like a younger version of him and he's like much younger than Forrest Whitaker would be. Yeah. Uh, but then I think there's an older version of him in rebels that looks a little closer to how they did it in the, the movies. Oh, okay. Oh, and so the, the rebels droid is in like, uh, is that, uh, Yavin four and rogue one too, apparently. Oh, right. I forgot okay. about that one. Okay. 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 That's cool. <laughs> 
Um, no, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give Andrew the benefit of the doubt. Please don't ruin it. Uh, this is a random question. You know Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yes, I I know of him. So the way that Rebels ends is that him and the young Jedi get like sucked into a time rift, and they're just gonna like show up at some point in the Star Wars timeline. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Ahsoka Tano is talking about him in Mandalorian season two, and I feel like they're trying to set up this thing of like, oh, when in the timeline are these two people going to show up? Yeah, but see that I I think so. If they're just going to fully do like do that kind of thing, I'm I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with Mandalorian. Well, ah, uh... there's a rumor that Disney is trying to reboot the entire Star Wars story so that they would do something with time kick it off at the beginning of like a new hope and just tell a different version of it so like what they did with star trek when they rebooted or yeah when they rebooted that yeah i don't know how i feel about that it's so terrible i want to see it i mean, <laughs> I mean we, we're gonna watch it <laughs> that is unfortunately true oh my god you're like ruining my day um <laughs> um yeah, I hadn't heard that one either. But uh, I, whatever, I'll watch it. I I feel like, um, sorry, going back to like the the Thrawn stuff with uh, Mandalorian. Um, I feel yeah, I I'm okay with that. Like, cause there's uh, throughout Mandalorian, the 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 main villain there hasn't really been one aside from I guess the Moff Gideon, right? And he didn't end up doing that much. And what I do know about Admiral Thrawn is like he's like this super smart like general and i guess he's what like a really strong and he, he would make a good like continuous villain for like if, if they're going to extend mandalorian for like several more seasons i mean i i i'd, I'd be interested in that I, i'd watch it he's more of a strategy guy than someone who's going to pick up a lightsaber at any point so that part i would like because he's more of controlling it Mm-hmm. But I just feel like Disney can't help themselves, and at some point he's going to pick up a lightsaber <laughs> and just completely change who the character is. And okay, well, I don't know. That so, is that your big prediction for Mandalorian in the future? I I think I'm going to hate season three of Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, I don't know for what particular reason, but there's a few that could feasibly happen. Okay, well, I mean that—that's the odds are pretty high on that one, so <laughs> I'm not going to take that bet. I, I saw the trailer and there was a bunch of ships flying around in action scenes, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, I'm going to love it. <laughs> um, so, okay, going back to uh, to Andor, um, does it uh, does it change your mind at all about Rogue One? You know, considering like <laughs> that's a rhetorical question. Don't ask I actually that. thought about this though, because <laughs> not not about Andor, but about you know, obviously I talked a lot of shit about Rogue One, and then Star Wars proceeded to come out with three other movies that were even worse than that. <laughs> and it's like, does the presence of Rise of Skywalker make me like Rogue One more? And I have decided that just because something is worse doesn't mean that Rogue One is better. <laughs> I'm not going to lower my standards. Rogue, I I should give Rogue One a rewatch. Maybe I was just disappointed with it from what I was expecting at that time and didn't really know how low the expectations for Disney should have been. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to rewatch it at some point, but I don't think 
it's something that I will ever say is good. Thinking back, like, I can't even remember. Did we have a lot of hype going into Rogue One? I know I was pretty excited, and I think I was um, I was still satisfied, for sure. Force Awakens was good, and so we were still, like, because that was the Riding second Disney that. movie. And, like, and I remember, after Force Awakens. I remember watching Force Awakens, and I was like, the comedy is kind of weird. I don't know what I feel about this. But I, I wasn't, like, concerned. I was like, okay, this is going to be good new shows. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember Rogue One, we did the countdown on the fridge. I drew an X-Wing and we were yeah. having big expectations. And it was a war movie. I was interested in a war movie. And I think the director had done like some indie movies before. And I was like, oh, this could be yes. good. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is just a big joke. <laughs> These Those were the two countdowns that we had, right? Those four, Force Awakens. And then we did Rogue One. And then after that, we didn't do it again. Yeah, and then we gave up. Um, the Last Jedi was kind of the, the last the last straw which oddly enough the last jedi is probably the only star wars movie from disney that i would want to rewatch. <laughs> i still hey i still like that one that and rogue one i i will defend i will die on the last jedi hill especially considering how much of a clusterfuck uh rise of skywalker was yeah i'm not going to rewatch rise of skywalker but i would rewatch i would rewatch the last jedi and just maybe to test myself, I would watch Rogue One again. I was thinking of, yeah, so I was planning to watch Rogue One again after the season finale, and I'm about to do it. We should do it the same. We should do like a, a whole, like, uh, re- not re- <laughs> review, sorry, not stealing the idea, um, like a retrospective. <laughs> um, Rogue One, seven years later. How do you feel? I'm okay with that. I, I almost that, that, rewatched it, and I instead watched a really weird Romanian movie because I tracks. couldn't be bothered. <laughs> it's um um the the red the movie retrospective that no one asked for specifically Rogue One. What was that Romanian movie you watched? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. want to admit to it while we're recording. I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um. Do you right. have any final comments on Andor? Um, I would uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it's a great show. Um, I, I've been telling everyone that I can speak to that cares uh, that they should go and watch it. So that those are my parting thoughts. Um, again, really surprised about um, the show and character that I had no uh, intention of caring about or watching. Uh, completely... Uh, subverted my expectations I, I will agree I will recommend it um, if you're somebody who just stopped watching uh, Disney Plus Star Wars shows after Kenobi because you said this is it I'm done uh, go watch Andor and then I'll just say in advance don't watch Andor season 2 because I have <laughs> no expectations for it and I'll see you all in a couple years from now when we talk about Andor season 2 <laughs> and uh, give our thoughts on having watched the entire thing Well, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Bye.